Welcome to Secrets to Victorious Living Podcast. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. I'm Lucia Claiborne. Thank you for joining me today as we discover God's secrets to help you overcome life's challenges. This will help you become victorious in every area of your life. Today's your day to start walking in and experiencing a greater level of victory. Welcome to the show. I am so glad that you have joined me today. We are going to take a break from our series on the blood of Jesus. And with the upcoming election next week, I just want to pause and take a few minutes to pray for our nation, pray for our states. So today I want to take a few minutes and I would like you to pray with me as we pray for the upcoming election as we pray for our government officials, and we pray for peace in our land. And I would like us to start with 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 and 2. It says, Most of all, I'm writing to encourage you to pray with gratitude to God. Pray for all men with all forms of prayers and requests as you intercede with intense passion. And pray for every political leader and representative so that we would be able to live tranquil, undisturbed lives as we worship the awe-inspiring God with pure hearts. Is that not exciting? I love this verse because it tells us what to do to live a quiet, peaceable life. So the first prayer that I would like us to pray is for our president. It says, Dear Father, in Jesus' name, I lift up our president to you. I know that our leader's heart is in your hands. So I ask you to guide the head of our nation in the way that you would like him to go. Father, we pray that you would surround our president with wise counsel, men and women of integrity who place your agenda and the good of this nation above their own and whose motives are for that which is right. I pray that you would give our leader discernment, understanding, and knowledge so that our nation may know stability internationally, and internally. We give you thanks for our president according to your word and thank you for working in and through his leadership so that we might live peaceable lives in godliness and honesty. Now the scripture verses for this prayer is of course 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, Romans 13, 1, Proverbs 28, 2, Proverbs 21, 1, Proverbs 16.10, and Proverbs 8.15. Now these verses are taken from the Amplified Version and the New American Standard Version. And I'd like to read this quote by George Washington, who was our first president. He says, Direct my thought, words, and work. Wash away every sin in the immaculate blood of the Lamb, and purge my heart by the Holy Spirit. Daily frame me more and more into the likeness of the Son of Christ. Don't you know that we have presidents that are still praying this prayer today? They want to be led by Holy Ghost. They want to have pure hands and a pure heart before Father God. So as you listen to this prayer, I would like to encourage you to not only uh, go back and pray it over our president, but pray it over our vice president and for the governor of the state that you live in. You know, this is so we can live a quiet, peaceable life. Second, I'd like to pray for our Congress. Dear Father, 
We come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, thanking you and praising you for our great nation. We thank you for the plan that you have given to our forefathers by which to govern our nation and for the division of powers so that our destiny does not rest in the hands of one person. In praying for those in authority, we therefore lift up our Congress, both the House of Representatives and the Senate. We pray that by your power, our legislative body would make laws that are just. Father, we ask you to give them wisdom to make decisions that would strengthen and prosper our nation. We desire that they would make right decisions concerning the politics, the social welfare, and the economics of our nation. We pray that you would cause Congress to be motivated more by your hand than by partisan or personal concerns. Praise God. Uh, these scripture references are what we prayed. Proverbs 8.15, Proverbs 19.21, Proverbs 29.14, Proverbs 21.30, Proverbs 15.22. And I'd like to read a quote from Mary Washington, who is George Washington's mother. She says, Remember that God is our only sure trust. As we're praying for the nation today, I would just like to remind you that uh, when we ask God for something, that He is faithful to answer us. And just to back that up, I'd like to build your faith with Matthew 18, 19, that says, Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Is that not exciting? What confirmation we have. Matthew 21, 22 says, And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. I like Mark eleven twenty four. It says, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. That's one of my favorite ones. That will build your faith to know that God's going to answer your prayers. John 14, 13 says, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And the last verse I want to read to you is John fifteen seven. It says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. You know, we serve a faithful God, and when we bring our prayer requests to Him, He is faithful to hear us. And the Word says that uh, we have not because we ask not. I like to take the not out of that verse, and I like to read it this way. We have because we ask. So let's pray for our economy now. Dear Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for our nation's economy. I know that even more than a strong military, a strong economy helps keep a nation powerful. Father, I pray that you would rise up persons of skill and wisdom who will affect the economy of our nation. Give them inspired ideas and a voice with the powers that be. Cause Congress to vote right in these matters. Give them foresight so that provision might be made for our nation's future, not just its present. Father, as the people of our nation continue to finance the preaching of the gospel and help the poor all over the world, I pray that you would continue to prosper us more and more. Now, the scripture references for this prayer 
is Matthew 18, verses 18 through 20, Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18, Deuteronomy 28, 12, and Psalm 112, verses 1 through 3. And I'd like to read this quote by John Witherspoon, who, if you don't know who that is, he was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. He writes, While we give praise to God, the supreme disposer of all events, for his inner position on our behalf, let us guard against the dangerous error of trusting in or boasting of the arm of the flesh. If your case is just, if your principles are pure, and if your conduct is prudent, you need not fear the multitude of opposing hosts. Next, I'd like to pray for our Supreme Court justices. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bring our Supreme Court justices before you. Knowing that they are appointed of man, we pray that you would influence the selection of each new replacement. May they be persons who will judge rightly in every matter brought before them. As our Supreme Court makes its decisions, I pray that its decrees would be your decrees, Father. We desire that by your hand, godly justices would rise up within our justices and that they would make rulings in line with your will. We pray that these justices would set a standard of justice and balance for the judicial office at large, not only on a national level, but for every educator in our nation. We give you thanks, dear Father, knowing that it is your good pleasure and will to work in every level of government, and we invite you to come in and work in every level of government. The scripture references for this prayer is Proverbs 8, 14 through 16, Deuteronomy 16, 18, 2 Samuel 23, 3, Proverbs 11, 1. And the quote that I'd like to read with this prayer is from Woodrow Wilson, who was our 28th president. He says, there are, there are a good many problems before the American people today and before me as president but I expect to find the solution to those problems just in the proportion that I am faithful in the study of the Word of God. Isn't it wonderful to know that our country was set up with a godly foundation? I have a couple more prayers. This one is for the election of godly leaders. Father, we desire to vote intelligently in all elections. We pray that you will bring to light the things we need to know so that we may vote in line with your plan, will, and purpose. May things not only come to light for the Christian community, but may things be made clear to the unbelieving community as well. I pray that what is right would be so clear that even unbelievers would vote using wisdom and demanding honesty and uprightness from their politicians. Dear Father, in the name of Jesus, May the citizens of our nation become so weary of sin and degradation in our nation's leaders that they will begin to seek out godly leaders to represent them on every level of government. Give such leaders favor with the public and the media. Father, make our nation a fragrance in the earth, a force to be reckoned with, a hand extended to those in need. And this is uh, taken from Luke 12, 1 and 3. And John 16, 13. And Daniel Webster, who was an American politician, said, If we work on marble, it will perish. If on brass, 
time will efface it. If we rear up temples, they will crumble into dust. But if we work upon immortal minds and imbue them with principles, with the just fear of God and the love of our fellow men, we engrave on those tablets something that will brighten for all eternity. Amen. Now, this is what I really want to get to right here, and that is the prayer for Christians to vote. I'd like to share a few statistics with you, and I'd like to read Daniel 11.32 from the English Standard Version. It says, The people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. In the 2016 presidential election, 25 million Christians who were registered to vote did not go out and vote. They give up their right and their responsibility to vote. Now, at the same time, 15 million Christians were not even registered to vote. That's a total of 40 million missing votes. If you didn't vote, that is your voice. If you did vote, you exercised your right to put your voice out into the land. God has given us this right and this authority to vote. And I want to challenge you to go to the polls next week. And I challenge you to vote for righteousness. As we pray, we just want to encourage people again to vote for righteousness. And we pray that Christians will remember that their vote influences far more than just the presidency. In 2020, in the next week, Americans will be voting to elect 33 senators, 435 House representatives, 748 state leaders, thousands of state legislators, and tens of thousands of local leaders. So we pray that during this monumental opportunity to impact our entire nation, that Christians would honor Galatians 6.10, which says, As we have opportunity, let us do good, and that they will vote for righteousness. We need to vote for righteousness. We want to pray right now for an unprecedented Christian voter turnout, and that the Spirit of God will be over Christian voters as His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, hovers over the polling places as it did in Genesis as it hovered over the world. And Father, we thank you that godly men and women are rising up to run for political office and to win. We pray that you would give them wisdom, strength, and perseverance in the face of strong opposition. And Father, we pray for the impossible. We pray that you would surprise us. And Father, we thank you for supernatural favor that voters would show up in support of righteousness and for even the unlikely candidates that would, would take victory, Father, the ones that will stand unwaveringly for righteousness. Father, I'm reminded that 2 Timothy 1.7 says that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. And another version reads, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. And Father, I pray for those people who would be fearful to go to the polling places and that are just holed up in their houses, Lord, because of fear. Father, I speak to that spirit right now that's holding people captive across our nation. And fear, I demand you to bow your knee to the name of Jesus and come off of these people. And Holy Spirit, angels, I charge you to go minister life to them. Lord, I thank you that they will go to the polling places without fear, without a spirit of timidity, 
without being browbeat by the enemy. And Father, I thank you that they walk in there with power, with authority, and with a sound mind. And Father, I'd like to read this quote by John Wanamaker, who was an American merchant and the U.S. Postmaster General from 1889 to 1893. It says, O Lord, thou hast told us how to pray. Help us to shut the door, shutting out the world and the enemy and any fear or doubt which spoils prayer. May there be no distance between our souls and thee. Amen. Well, as you listen to this podcast today, I want to thank you for joining me in praying for our nation. And I invite you to come back and listen to this podcast over the next week and just pray these prayers again with me. And I want you to know that God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. He loves you with the everlasting love. And he wanted me to tell you today how much he loves you and how he has good plans for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you and plans to give you a hope and a future. He has more on his mind for you. And if you would like more information on how you can live the victorious life, I invite you to visit my website, luciaclaiborne.com, and sign up for my daily emails, Faith Builders for Victorious Living, and my monthly email, Victory Thoughts. And while you're there, you can sign up for my email list. And then I invite you to join me again next week as we learn more about living the victorious life.